So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of the Live Free Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Pete Wallager. He joins me from his studio in the Dirty Lou. Um, actually, that might sound kind of strange to my British listeners. So, he's coming to us live from uh, St. Louis. Pete and I have known each other for a long-ass time, but have never even spoke outside of the uh, digital format. So, we talk about that a little bit. Um... We also discuss getting punched in the face, Summer in St. Louis, 50th episode. Ooh, that's, I should mention that. To, this episode is officially the 50th episode. It seems like there should be some sort of celebration. Maybe I should add like a little um, clapping sound right here or something. Uh, uh, we also talk South Paradise, Stencil Revolution, Robbing People, Art Basel, Commercial Work, Banksy, Logan Hicks, The Streets, eBay, Mountain Dew, Keith Haring, and Art in the Streets. So, as always, make sure you go check out the website, MikeMaxwellArt.com. Click on the blog for all the links and information about each guest. You can also donate to the podcast if you wish to do so. Um, Obviously, the podcast is always free and available to everyone on iTunes. Um, It does take up a lot of my time and effort. And I actually haven't had any sponsors on the show for a while. It'd be nice to get some sponsors back on the show. Um, And it would be cool if the show actually helped me make a little bit of money. So um, if you'd like to, you can go on the blog, click on the PayPal link, and it'll direct you on how you can make donations to the show. Um, My art show is coming up May 20th at the Subtext Gallery in Little Italy in downtown San Diego, right near the airport. Uh, The show is called Extra Sensory, and of course I've been talking about it for weeks. Um, It's happening, I'm recording this on Sunday the 14th, so the show is about a week away. I got uh, one more painting to do, and I'll be set. I'm going to be installing all week next week. Um, So this is going to be the only podcast probably for at least a week, maybe a little bit longer before I get my next interview, um, unless something wild happens. I'm probably going to do a live Ustream show from the art show, so make sure you you check for the links on all that. I've been doing uh, live Ustream shows with the podcast. Um, This interview is actually recorded on Ustream Live, which if you just... uh, Go search Mike Maxwell and Ustream. You should be able to find it. Um, or just go actually go to my Facebook and then click on the links on my Facebook. If you go to my wall, you'll find the links. Or my Twitter, um, which you can find all those things my, uh, under Mike Maxwell Art, uh, both on Facebook and on Twitter. If you want to go add me, you can do all that. Um, so with all that business out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Pete Wallinger. Let's give Pete a call. Yo, brother. What up, Dirty? What's happening? Can you hear me okay? I can. I'm uh, turning my video on. I got the tangled phones right now. I'm trying to untangle them. Do your thing, my friend. So, what's up, man? Ah, nada. Just, uh... I can't lie to you. I'm I'm feeling extra sore today. Uh oh, what'd you do? I uh, I did uh, kickboxing and jujitsu class yesterday. Usually I can handle one class a day, 
but uh can you see me or is this just audio we're doing um i can't see you yet okay and my video is just doing uh the spinny thing for some reason nice let's see if we can work things out here you do like karate or jujitsu? Jujitsu, do you say? Yeah, jujitsu and kickboxing. Although I'm lately, yeah. I'm not enjoying kickboxing that much because I keep getting punched in the head. And I don't yeah, really like punched in the head. I don't know why my video isn't working. Let me. Um, can I try calling you right back? Yeah, no worries, brother. All right, maybe it'll work that way. Gio. Yeah, buddy. All right, let's, let's see, see if uh, let's see if we can get your video going. There's you. I see you. Gio. So at, all, at, I'm all sweaty, man. I've been painting all morning. It's freaking like, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, it's summer in St. Lou. So. Did you get hit with that storm that's causing all the flooding in uh, Mississippi? Where where the fuck is it flooding at? Right now, it's not in Mississippi. It's in, uh, in Memphis, which is probably five hours south of St. Louis. But uh, we got hit with the tornadoes about two weeks ago. Hit like our airport and like like devastation man like the whole airport was just shut down and uh all like, i mean it hit the hood like straight up like north st louis like the straight up hood got hit by a tornado like that never happens i'm kind of like kind of near down like closer to downtown and like that was cool but yeah like north side got hit hard man that's gnarly uh, yeah, all that stuff is fucking intense. And you know what's weird is that we didn't hear that much about it on the interwebs. You yeah, know, people on Facebook. Everybody's super compassionate about uh, things that happen in foreign countries for some reason. Mm -hmm. And then when something really devastating happens, even in our own country, we sort of lose track of it. Unless it's in the news every day. Because the taxpayers pay. You know, we take care of it here, I guess. I don't know, man. I get, you're right, man. Like, you get a tsunami somewhere, it's like, ooh! But, yeah, and not totally. to downplay those things, but it's like, it, it, it's there's a weird disconnect there. Totally, man. It's crazy. Yeah, you're right. That is weird. Well, yeah. I apologize for my uh, camera being an asshole. Oh, no worries. You no can't worries. see me. I, I was, I've been having some, I've been using the new Ustream here, trying to get this thing all organized. Mm. And, uh... Sometimes all the programs running at the same time just don't work together, I guess. Mm. Well, I got an ugly mug, so I don't know if you want me to turn mine off or my is it even is it even worth doing the uh doing the video or Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. Cuz I I do both. I do the video for just the interwebs and then I do all the audio for the iTunes and for the podcast Word. and stuff. So, um thanks for doing the show, my friend. I appreciate it. Yeah, most definitely, man. Um, sorry it took a while to get together, but uh, you know how that goes, brother. No, yeah, totally. We are all. Uh, it's a good thing that we're all super busy. You know, it could, yeah. If we're slow twiddling thumbs, man, that's a that's a bad sign for sure. Yeah, I think so, if you're an artist, you probably don't have time to twiddle your thumbs unless you're thinking about something and you're doing it on purpose, which which is part of the appeal of being an artist. You can't do that's that. That's what's up. It's a nonstop hustle, man. The second you stop hustling, man, the you just it, it doesn't happen for you, you know. Well, you're uh, you're episode number five zero. We're in the fifties now. Fifty, son. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we've uh, we've been virtual friends for quite some time. I guess over over ten years at least. I mean. Since you were Sal Paradise, I don't know if you if you want me to mention that or not, but man, I remember that. I don't know what real. you're talking about. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> Who's that? Sound Paradise. That's my... Um... But yeah, man, it's crazy. And that's, and that's what's so dope about the interwebs is that I think many artists have been able to develop like crazy relationships all over the globe, man. It's like such a cool time to be an artist, you know? I mean, I'm in St. Louis, and St. Louis isn't the biggest art hub in the world, but man, like, I got one of the fattest studios, and I own my house, and like, you know, I live well, and I'm about three hours from anywhere, two hours to San Francisco, you know, two hours in New York, three hours in Miami, you know, San Diego's three and a half hours or whatever. But yeah, man, it's crazy, dude. How like, you know, I feel like I've, I've known you, but we've never actually met in the flesh, which is wild and crazy. man. Yeah. This is actually the first time we've, we've spoke actual words that aren't digitized. Maybe you're right, dude. I think you're right. I don't think we've talked on the phone or any of that. Yeah. No, it's all been binary code. Yeah, for sure. Man. Ones and, and it zeros. Is this way in a way too, you know, just transmitted. Yeah, totally. With uh, it, it is the future though. It's it's super crazy. I... Rad, so rad, dude. And like, it's so cool to be at the birth of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Cause, and I also I talk about this a lot on the podcast, but I appreciate the fact that I uh, that I also got to spend some time without the internet, but still doing the same thing. Did you really? Yeah. See, because when I got into it, the you know, it was around 2000, 2001, and it was full force, man. Yeah, but, you know, even then, that was still just, like, the beginning in terms of, like, an artistic culture. But I've talked about it, too. Like, it's funny how it was graffiti artists who were the first ones that started really using the internet. Like, using yeah, it as a, as a venue... Uh, the same way that they would they, they would utilize the streets. It was just another like option. Profits was the first one for sure, man. Like and, when that thing popped up, dude, it was crazy. And art crimes. And art yeah, art crimes too, man. I forgot. That's right. That's yeah, right. Art crimes was the OG. And it's so funny, I went and looked at the website again just recently to go look at it and it looks exactly the same as it did in like ninety seven or whatever. Oh, that's sick. That's rad, man. And yeah. that's I yeah. found out about a lot of different artists via that that avenue. Well, like for me too, like being, I'm a stencil guy. If whoever's listening doesn't know, I, you know, I don't want to call myself a stencil guy, but you know, the way I reproduce my art is through stencils. And I was fortunate enough, like, you know, my, my background, I did commercial art in Chicago for years doing like stuff in Illustrator and Photoshop and hand drawing stuff, scanning stuff in. And, but it was all commercially driven and did a little graffiti stuff. But really, like, I did a lot of illustrative work in Illustrator. I mean, I've been using Illustrator since you know, 1990, like 1989. I mean, it's forever, you know? And, and to me, when I wanted to kind of switch to doing some stuff on the street, more illustrative, I was kind of like, I looked at silk screening, maybe wheat pacing, but then, yeah, I saw stencils. And right around the time I started stenciling, Stencil Revolution popped up. And I don't know if you're familiar with Stencil Revolution, but uh, do you know anything about that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so that came out like in 01, 02, and... I think I was like maybe the 20th dude up on stencil rev and um, man, it was crazy. Cause like all of a sudden I found this new art form of stenciling for me and you know, I was able to do a piece and put it on the web and like five dudes from Melbourne, Australia would, would look at it or like, you know, a couple of people from, you know, all over the globe, all of a sudden, I mean, this was pre Flickr, Facebook, any of that stuff, you know, and you know, I, I really thought, especially for me, like that's the stencil revolution was just like the springboard for me, for sure, getting my stuff out there, you know, and it was crazy because that was 2002, you know, like, 
I don't know. You know, you could actually put a photo up and people could comment on it. Like, how <laughs> crazy is that? You know? Yeah, all that stuff was ahead of its time. I talked, Fecal Face was another one of those websites that had stuff available to show your stuff and get back and Fully. forth commentary about it, you know? Yeah, that's craziness, man. When, yeah, uh, when did Fecal Face start out? I think around 2000. Okay. Right around that same time. There was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of cool stuff happening right at that that pinnacle. It was, and it was a lot of cool grassrootsy type stuff. I mean, even like Wooster Collective came out right around then too. And like, you know, I, I remember sending them some of my stuff early back in the day and they put it up on their site and it was like, yeah, man, it was like, and people would go to those sites daily because there was nothing else, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I know I did, but there was, there, again, it was one of those things. It was few avenues, but now everybody has a Facebook, <clears throat> everybody yeah. has a Twitter for the most part. And any yeah. person can have their own website. I just saw a news article yesterday that uh, WordPress hit 20 billion po- uh, uh, blogs. 20 billion. That's ridiculous, man. So all these That's- people are getting their opinions out to whoever has an opportunity to see it, which is really, really interesting. Yeah, I mean, and I almost feel like, I mean, I also do uh, web design and, and websites and that type of thing, too, to help pay pay the bills. I mean, I think we all kind of have to have our little secondary thing that brings money in as an artist and like, like robbing people. You know, what's that? Like robbing people. Well, that's, I mean, I know that's what I'm you getting do, ready. Right? My so, plan is to start robbing all the people who aren't buying my artwork. Man, that's genius. <laughs> that's <laughs> if you awesome, buy my man. paintings, you buy don't my get robbed. Art, I'll, I'll rob you. So you might as well just buy it anyway. If you could save yourself money in the long run. Really, dude, that's the realness right there. That's the realness right there. It's getting down to it with the way this uh, this sort of economic, social <sighs> empire that we have that is, you could see it just crumbling at the uh, foundations. I mean, it, it's, I don't know though, man. I kind of feel lately, like I kind of gauge it on Art Basel. I've been going to the Art Basel for the past four years and like, you know, four years ago, Art Basel was awesome. Then the year after that, it got, I mean, for me, I, you know, uh, it just started kind of going downhill. And then this year was kind of, I felt like the first year kind of seeing things kind of popping again, you know, like people kind of spending money and, and I don't know, like, I, I feel like it's kind of getting better. Don't you a little bit? Um, I, it's, it's hard to say. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, it doesn't in the long run, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, cause I'm going to keep doing the work regardless of whether somebody buys yeah. it, if it if it stacks up somewhere or it goes into collectors' homes, it's still going to be made. So in the long yeah. run, it doesn't really it, matter. It's in your soul, man. You know, you can't yeah, you can't just stop doing it. You know. Yeah. Well, you you had mentioned uh, being a stencil guy. I I just use air quotes, but nobody yeah, can see me. I, stencil uh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what what got you into doing to cutting stencils and, and doing stencils? Were you doing any um, spray paint work or things ahead of that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have been playing with spray paint my whole life. You know, like you know, either just doing little throwings, nothing serious. You know, I wrote P E A T for a while. I mean, that's pretty. That's how I spell my name, and uh, I didn't really get too crazy with that world. You know, a lot of my boys they run. Uh, did like the Paint Lewis thing. I don't know if you guys remember Paint Lewis. It was a big event here that happened in St. Louis for years. But uh, I don't know. Really had some interest in that. But then finally kind of was like, I guess is what I did. I did commercial art for about 
five, 10 years up in Chicago. And the last bit I did was some really cool stuff for like Camel cigarettes and Coca-Cola and kind of doing some like urban kind of, you know, my markets were for Coca-Cola were in New York and LA and kind of the boroughs, like real kind of like grungy stuff. But I do these dope illustrations in illustrator mostly. Um, and I'd never get credit for it. I'd always just be like, this is what our team produced for the Coca-Cola campaign. And you know, you know how it is as an artist. You put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into what you do and it was just like you know my creative director was constantly being like look what we did and i'm like dude you didn't do anything you know this <laughs> was me and it was like i got to a point we actually my wife my gal and i we had our we had our first kid up in chicago uh right around 2001 and i was just like it was a real pinnacle time in my life i was just like what am i gonna do man i'm a dad i really need to kind of like you know i don't want to do commercial art the rest of my life like so we pretty much just packed up our things and I applied for jobs all over. And uh, my wife's parents actually live kind of in the suburbs of St. Louis and Kirkwood. And we were like, you know, it'd be easier to move back there. They'd be able to help us out with stuff. So we moved back to St. Louis and I just left that whole commercial art world behind. And so right around then I was like, kind of like, well, I still like to do my drawings and illustrations, but uh, you know, I'm not going to do a spend, you know, 40 hours in illustrator and then just print out something, you know, do a G clay or whatever they call them. And I was just like, that to me is just, I know there's a lot of artists that do that, but just for me, you know, I want to get some paint. I want to be able to put on the street too. So yeah. like, you know, it's very cliche, but right around that time I started seeing works by like Logan Hicks and, uh, and, and, uh, Shepard Ferry a little bit. Uh, I think Trist Tristan Manco just brought out his like stencil graffiti book. It was like the first kind of, stencil book and then obviously Banksy saw Banksy stuff and you know I think a lot of artists especially even this this whole stencil movement has been inspired by Banksy um and getting back to even like stencil revolution like that whole thing kind of started I believe because Banksy went to Melbourne Australia back in like 2000 2001 and just hit up everything and I think that inspired a bunch of kids there to start stenciling and those guys started up stencilrevolution.com. And so it was like kind of like this whole big movement or something in the water of just stencil art. And I was just like, wow. So I, like even more like looking at people like Logan Hicks, like Logan Hicks was the dude that I saw doing, you know, more than just one layer of stuff. Like at that time, Banks was just doing a black and white rat and a couple little things. But they were still cool and smart. But the guy who was really inspiring to me was Logan Hicks and I was just like wow that's crazy so I could maybe take multiple layers kind of like silk screening and create these stencils and that was really the big birth of it for me and and ever since then it's been kind of like uh uh you know I was obviously trying to kind of kind of grow that whole world but it's been great man I love it nice yeah I've known um Logan for uh, a long ass time too uh Cause That's I worked, what I was saying. Yeah, I was talking to him the other day, and he said he knew you from San Diego days or something. Yeah, way back in the day. When he left Baltimore um, mm -hmm. and came to San Diego, he was doing his workhorse thing. Fully. Like his print print collective. and Yeah. And he was doing – well, I don't know if I should say it, but he was doing – well, I guess by now he doesn't really care, but doing like rollers and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, we were doing – he, me, he and I did a few um, even like poster jobs where we went and did like put up posters for companies. Well, you, were, you were working for or you were interning for Shepard then or something, weren't you? Well, I was I was Shepard Ferry's assistant for two years. 
Yeah, dope. So that's I learned that was like my art school. That was like that thing was like, holy shit, look at all these people doing this thing. Yeah, I could do this too. No problem. And that's, really, I, that's how most artists learn, man. I mean, I know a lot of I didn't go to art school, you know, either. And it's like I think that school of hard knocks, especially for our movement of art, is really. I mean, you can't learn that in school, you know. Yeah, it's like you you just have to I I talk to when I talk to like young inspired artists or aspiring artists. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I always say like find somebody who's and you know like self-help gurus like Tony Robbins and shit always say they they say uh find somebody who's doing the thing that you want to do and like be friends with them, talk with them, shoot the shit with them, see what the fuck they're doing, and and figure out what it is that they're doing and and relate it to your life and and learn from it. And I think that's that's what I did sort of accidentally because when we're at that age, I was I was twenty and I I worked from from tw the age of twenty to twenty two, so that's like a really pivotal point in time where you're soaking up a bunch of information without even really understanding that that's what you're doing, you know? Fully, no, fully, man. Yeah, like you're like if, if the right type of kids. I know some kids, some heads, but like yeah, I was one of those heads too. Like when when I was twenty twenty two, it was like you just you live it, dude. And I think any yeah any professional artist that has some cat who comes up that's like, I mean for real, like totally into what they're doing and gets it and really is you know not annoying about it. Because I've had kids hit me up too that I'm just like ugh, like you know. But like sure. again, like with Logan, I hit him up on the interwebs back in the day and. Yeah, dude. Returned every email I sent him. We did art trades, like got to get to know him on things. You know, I think I even sent him some stuff before I would even cut it and be like, dude, what do you think? And like, you know, I don't think I physically met in the flesh, you know, met that dude in the flesh until, you know, years later. But yeah, you're right, dude. I think that's that's such a huge I mean, that's you learn so much from those people, dude, is because they've already done it. They've already tried the things. They already know pretty much kind of what's going to work and how the world will, will, you know, to, there's a difference between just being a part-time artist and a first, you know, a serious artist. And I think when you, you know, sometimes I've met artists that I've hit up that, you know, whatever, they don't respond, but you know, most of the time I think you're right. I mean, if you try to approach these people, you know, especially in our movement, most of the people are hella cool, man. And they're always down to talk about it, you know? Sure. I think uh, it it seems like sometimes that in our culture that there's like a level of secrecy that sometimes people don't want to like give away their stuff. But the more I talk to artists, like we're all the same people. So it's interesting to find out uh, that there's this group of people all over the world that that goes through some of the same emotions or, you know, has some Holy. of the same day to day struggles. It's it's comforting almost. And it's also the same challenges in every city, too. Like, you think you have a certain problem in your city, you're like, dude, we have the same problem in our city, or whatever. I mean, it's like, yeah, and totally the same, like, you know. But it's, it, this this movement, like, I have my my art, you know, homies in town in St. Louis, people I roll with. But then I also have, like, you know, my art homies who are all across the world, man. And, like, and it's weird, like the different relationship between the people who are here in St. Louis and the, and the relationship I have with the artists all over the world, you know, and it's like, um, and it's almost like, I don't know, because you see the people here day to day, and I'm sure there's people you see in San Diego day to day, but then when you see your people at like, you know, a live painting event up in New York, and you guys are all painting together, and you're like, dude, what's up? You know, it's just like, it's the craziest energy, and it's the most wonderful, fun, and I think that's why a lot of us just go and paint for the hell of it, you know, like we go to these painting events, 
and just rock walls together. And it's just like the realest stuff ever, man. It's the realest. You know, I love it. You know? Yeah, it's such a when uh, when did you take your stuff out to the streets from the indoors? Obviously, you, you learned how to do the stenciling. I would assume you had to learn how to do stenciling before you could take it out to the streets because it's, it's not um, an easy practice. You know, I think the – I mean, but it kind of all came at the same time. Like, you know, there was this dumpster in my alley um, on the south side that I would just – anytime I got a – I mean, the nice thing with the stencil, you – you know, you put 80 hours into cutting and designing the stencil, but once it's ready to roll, you know, yeah, I'd hit, I usually hit the canvas first. I hit it, you know, I actually started on plexiglass and uh, glass were the first uh, surfaces I started spraying on. Um, and, you know, but once, yeah, once you paint that, you're like, oh, well, dude, I can hit up that dumpster pretty easily too. And I think that's where it kind of grows. And then, you know, you start putting some stuff up, uh, you know, in other cities or, other places and and me personally like yeah i love painting a gallery piece but when you put that piece on when you put a stencil up on the street and then take a photograph of that street with like some rusty drips behind it and like some just distressed rawness like dude there's nothing like there's nothing like a stencil sprayed on the street versus sprayed in the gallery and it's just like i think that's kind of where it grew for me it was just like I kind of like just doing it more on the street, you know, even though like, you know, the wrists involve or the, you know, obviously well, is that part of it much to put it on the street, but you know, from starting to put stuff on the street, I think people started seeing my work and then I got it. I, I think my first commission, I got this electrical box where I painted this painting of my baby, like my son when he was a baby. And like, I think from there on, man, it just kind of popped, you know? Yeah, I remember when you put that video out. I I've painted your babies too. Your uh... yes, you have, man. You told when I had two. I have three boys now. If people don't know. I have three boys, and yeah, man, that's right. And they look like gangsters, dude. Yeah, it's so they funny. They look hilarious. <laughs> yeah, actually, no. Some other dude did. I think his name was Sal Paradise. I don't think I don't think you painted it. Yeah, that's my um, that's my wild Irish cousin. Word. He started. He started it all out for you, didn't he? Well, he 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 made an appearance for a while. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, I think I I think I got an email from him the other day. Oh, did you really? Yeah, saying he's uh he's out of jail or something. I don't know. Killer man. Well, you need you probably need the help these days. You can probably get it from the work. That's what I'm thinking. Just hire him on as an intern. And put all this stuff on eBay. You know, just just put it on eBay. <laughs> Do you so, think people sell art? I know, like I know, like that was kind of a big spot for a while or a good jumping ground for a lot of artists. But do you think anyone buys art off of eBay anymore? Yeah, they do. Actually, I have a buddy who has been buying a bunch of, um, like comic book illustrations, not from like actual comic books, but from artists uh -huh. who are like comic based who are doing things, but are doing, they're doing like, you know, like 12 by 18 drawings or like they're using, they're selling some of their like big drawings that are half inked and like they're making On some eBay? decent, yeah, they're making some decent money too. Huh. Cause yeah, I mean, I used to do that back in the day too. And I think that's a really honestly where I discovered a lot of your stuff was through that avenue. Honestly, I don't think, I think that's exactly where I think I discovered your stuff around 2001, 2002. Yeah, sure. Um, that. Dude, that, I survived off of that shit. You were a hustler on that stuff, man. I couldn't believe, and what was that one art collective too? There was like, uh, it was AOA. Yes, that's right. 
Is that around or is that? Uh... I think so. I think those guys are still doing their thing. Some of those guys still post on eBay. I think. No man, you can. I mean, there were pieces on there for twenty bucks, dude. That was like, damn son, like. It was crazy, like some of the. I mean, but yeah, dude, that was some that was some hustling times right there, for it, real. You know, I think I made more money back then than I do now. Really? Just because yeah. of the volume, the volume of stuff that you would put out. Yeah, and I was yeah. able, you know, obviously my work takes much longer these days to create, but back then yeah. I could finish pieces in a few hours and yeah. have them up and sold within the day. You know, it was it was crazy. See, that's what's up. That's what's up, man. And you got your ripping skills together too, I'm sure, you know. Like, oh man, I would love to just put all of that old bullshit to rest cuz it was there's a lot of badness out there, but I bet. Yeah, um, I bet. I got I got my hour. I definitely put my hours in. And that 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 moment in time was like, "Hey, I could make a living off of making art, which is what I wanted to do anyway, you know, like I was doing shitty jobs like uh like graphic design stuff for mm -hmm. magazines that were fucking whack and I was working, I worked in a tattoo shop for a while, and that was like, uh, just devastating. I just, all I wanted to do was be in the studio painting. And then, so I did it, and it worked, and I, I gained a, a total sense of freedom at that moment. And I've been running with it. People saw your work too, man. Like you know, that's not that's, that, like I said. That was the way I first saw your your pieces. I think was on that. Now that I think about it, so. Yeah. But then I had, but I had to get legit. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's some yeah, sort yeah. of non. We all do, though, man. I think every artist, if you're if you want to be serious, you got to get legit. You know, and a lot of I know a lot of people diss on whatever, like, oh, dude, you're selling out. But it's like. I mean, my reality is I got a mortgage, I got three kids, and I got to pay bills, you know, and, and, you know, I, I actually did, I worked at NBC up until December, and they laid me off uh, when I got back from Art, Art Basel, and ever since then, I've been a full-time artist. I mean, I this is new for me. I've only been a full-time artist probably for the past, since December. And it's before that I've always kind of had, I was doing uh, banner ads, uh, like flash ads for, for about five, like since I've been in St. Louis, pretty much, I've always kind of had that part-time gig, yeah. which in my world, it was nice for real, because when I was slow, I could get up on Facebook, I could get up on Twitter, I could get up on stencil revolution back in the day and get all that kind of like, whatever you call it, social networking or whatever kind of out of the way. But now that I'm a full-time artist, dude, I have no time for any of that stuff. I mean, I'm rarely on those things anymore, dude. Yeah. And uh, I mean, cause it's, it's reality. Like I really haven't, I mean, these past six months I've been doing a ton of art, but it's been a ton of commission stuff. You know, it's been a ton of murals for people. Like it's been a ton of like uh, doing portraits and, which is great, and the money's been pretty good so far. I mean, but it's just, man, this full-time artist world is crazy, dude. Like, have, now, have you been a full-time artist for a while, I guess? or uh, Almost 10 years. That's that's what's up, man. That's the realness. Yeah. I mean, if I didn't have kids and I have mortgage and all that, it'd probably be a little bit different story, but, you know, I probably would have made the jump sooner. But it, I for the past nine years, I've been kind of still holding down that, like, day gig. Yeah. Um, if I the commercial commercial art as much but more like the web stuff which i think is a little bit different um but enough to like help me establish myself as an artist so like when i finally did make that jump you know i was i was good and ready and people knew my work you know so it's yeah. kind of a you know blessing in disguise or whatever you want to call it man but you know i think it was it's about time now if uh if i had the babies it would be a totally different 
world and story, I'm sure. It is for it. I mean, and no one really even realized that until they have it, you know, sure. or if they have it, you know, like, you know, I was talking to Logan, uh, he's got a son now and, um, he was, you know, it's just the same kind of conversations. It's like, you know, once you have that mouth to feed, you're like, that kid's not eating ramen noodles, you know, like if it's just me, man, I'll eat anything, you know, like, but it, yeah, when it's just, when it's my family or my boys or my wife, like I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make it happen, man, for sure. Yeah. Well, I, you you had mentioned just getting out of doing the commercial work and how that's been a thing for a while. You did uh, you did a funny ass Mountain Dew commercial. You see, I get yeah, you, you like that. That was kind of commercial though. Yeah, but hey, but like you cool. said, like we gotta feed our babies, right? I mean, you got that, and that's like a borderline kind of thing too. Like that, they came to me because I don't know if the listeners know or not, but I do a lot of these stencil videos. Like the baby one I talked about, the painting, like the electrical box, was the first one I ever did, and that was prior to YouTube, twi- prior to any of these Vimeo or any of these video sites. So I was kind of already doing a lot of these videos, and by the time YouTube did come out, I had four videos, like four stencil videos. That, you know, at that time, dude, I got crazy traffic, dude. Like, it was nuts. Like, how, you know, I'd put a video out on a Friday, and by Monday, there'd be, like, 20,000 people who had seen that video. And it's just like, you know, so, yeah, I started doing a bunch of those. And, yeah, Mountain Dew saw that one of the videos and was like, ah, we'd love for you to do a video and also do a Mountain Dew bottle. And, like, I was like, man, I love Mountain Dew. I'm a a Dew, like, that's what I drink. So, like, uh (laughs) You know, I'll do it. I'll do something. And I was like, you know, I want to originally the original plan for that. I wanted to do a rap video and I was <laughs> going to be this guy called like, I don't know, like the hip hop hillbilly or something you want to call it. Like because their original mascot was a hillbilly. But I kind of wanted to do like a modern day version of it. And like at that time, like I think Dave Chappelle was doing that like uh, little John in the East, East uh, little John like bit, you know, and, yeah. and I was like, that'd be kind of funny to kind of do like a white dude version of that kind of like a hillbilly little john like little john meets nascar kind of thing and <laughs> i had this whole character developed and it was hilarious actually hold on i think i have a photo of it hold on i don't know where it is but yeah i mean i, I had this whole idea of doing this video this like but it was they, they thought it was a little bit too controversial like you could have kind of a, actually offend somebody who probably drinks Mountain Dew that looks just like that dude. I don't know. So we kind of made a, a more traditional hillbilly kind of thing. But, dude, it was awesome. It was such a good uh, – I mean, they made a million bottles. They put them all over the country. They, you know, I think I got to do shows in three different cities, um, you know, and they paid for – you know, I, ha- I did this uh, Luchador Collabo Mass show where they, would, they paid for all these wrestlers, to like actual Mexican wrestlers to come out to uh, – this spot in San Francisco and like, I mean, dude, it was cool. And they were definitely, they got it and they let me kind of do what the hell I want. I think any, any artist who works with a, a, a corporate identity or whatever, is going to kind of tie their art to that. Like, I, I mean, you know, if Walmart came to me and said, Hey Pete, will you do this campaign with us? You know, they get the middle finger, you know, like it definitely wouldn't happen, but you know what I'm saying? I think, I think it's, I think there's certain, and believe me, I did get some heads being like, yo, dude, you're selling out. You did a Mountain Dew commercial or right. whatever. I mean, but it is what it is, man. I mean, you know, definitely, you know, I am in St. Louis. St. Louis is not like the biggest art mecca, but like having something like that that can launch you to every 7 Eleven and Quick Trip and all the cities of the United States, dude, you can't beat that, you know? Sure. And, you know, what, what was cool from a perspective, 
from a, a, a viewer's perspective was that it looked like a really natural progression of your work or like a, a natural transition rather into that. Yeah. It wasn't like you were trying to make a fucking Mountain Dew ad. Which, for anybody that doesn't know, uh, Shepard Ferry and Black Market and Dave Kinsey did I know all this. the I do know this. did all the Mountain Dew labels and all that shit, like all those cans and all the can designs. Like prior to the current design, right? Like yeah. they did the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. A I long totally knew time that. Ago. Yeah. I was actually the thing with Shepard too. I mean, he's not another one of those people that have has i mean he's inspired many people i mean i know there's a lot of love hate with that dude but i've always had mad love for shepherd ferry and you know my sister actually went to school at RISD when he was there back in like 89 and she was the one who turned me on to his stuff she sent me a bunch of his stickers and you know really kind of got me because i've been like i mean obviously i'm a i'm a huge keith herring fan like keith herring is like to me the first dude in our movement like he's the first dude him kind of basquiat but I really think, you know, with the whole, you know, kind of doing product and selling stuff and, you know, and, and then again, Shepard Ferry's the second dude that I think kind of embraced, took what, you know, kind of embodied what, you know, Keith Haring did and kind of made his own thing out of it. But just like, like just those kind of people that have kind of taken that and, you know, yes, he does make some money with his art, but he also, he was down at Art Basel painting with everybody else, dude, you know, probably not even getting paid. Like, I don't know what his scenario is, but like, you know, it's crazy like that, you know, there's a lot of people in our field that, you know, they are doing very well for themselves right now, but they're still out there doing it, doing it, you know? Yeah. I would like to go down and paint Miami one of these days, one of these, uh, one of these times. Have you never been down there? No, I almost went this last year, but I, I'm always broke around that time. Well, I mean, for St. Lou, man, it starts getting cold the first week in December, so I'm like, let's go. I'm ready, man. Yeah, see, I'm living That's, it. Well, um, you, had, you had mentioned yeah. the the Mexican wrestler masks. You did, we did uh, some collaborations with you. You put together yeah. a big show of, of a big collab show. Well, I mean, that kind of spawned from the Mountain Dew bottle. Like, right before that, I had painted this room at the Hotel Day Arts in San Francisco. Uh-huh. And uh, do you know Do you know about that? Yeah, is hotel? that place still there? Yeah, it's still there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's kind of right outside of Chinatown. But they had asked me to do a, a room there, and I did a Mexican wrestler-themed room. And right around that same time, I got in the Mountain Dew bottle, and they're like, you need to put an art show together in, like, a month. And I'm like, I have nothing. So I was like, you know, because I just got off this luchador thing and I had some of those, but I was also kind of like, how can I get a show together? And around that time, the monies were real big and people were doing a lot of collaborations and I always love collaborations. And I was like, why don't I cut out these wooden masks, pass them out to artists like you, people that I totally dig, like the the work and see if they'd want to hit some stuff up. So yeah, like I sent one to you, one to Sean Barber. I sent one to... Horace Walker. I sent one to um, a lot of uh, Daryl Pierce. I sent one to just a, a, just a gang of artists, a bunch of artists from St. Louis, like Justin Tolentino and two Bobby of Bayock. two of the and, three uh, artists that you mentioned there have been on the show. Say that two of the three artists that you mentioned there have been on this podcast. Are you serious? Yeah, Daryl. Daryl has Darryl's and uh, Sean as well. Sean Barber's on there. Yeah, he's man. That guy's mad talented. But so. Basically, I started handing these masks out. They're blank wooden masks. I cut them out. They're probably, you know, you got one of the big ones. You, actually, I made a few large ones. You did one of the large ones. I remember that. Yeah. And uh, 
And so, yeah, so artists would paint in the background, then they'd mail them back to me, and I'd stencil in the eyes, nose, and mouth. And then, yeah, it was called Luchador Collabo Mask. And, man, it just, you know, so I did the San Francisco show and then the St. Louis show, and then I started getting emails from people like, dude, let's do a Collabo Mask show in my town. Like, we did one in Melbourne, Australia. We did one in uh, Miami, one in Orlando, like, I, recently, uh, for Cinco de Mayo, I was supposed to do one up in Portland, but it was just like, uh, it's such a big, I'm, I'm so over it by now. I think I've painted over, I've collaborated with about 150 artists, um, doing Mexican wrestler masks. And yeah, it all started because of this Mountain Dew thing. They're like, you need to get some stuff together. And which was nice because they paid for all the shipping. They paid for all the materials, you know, like the shipping's the expensive part. Cause oh, I gotta, sure. I gotta cut it out, mail it. And then you guys paint it, and then you ship, and I gotta ship it back, and then paint it, and then ship it again to wherever the show is. So it just gets ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but like, even with the Melbourne show, like, like I thought about, you know, well, how the hell am I gonna do this in Melbourne, Australia? Well, through Stencil Revolution, I got to be friends with a lot of artists down there, and uh, I don't know if you guys, you know, the Everfresh crew down there, or Everfresh guys like uh, Meg, sure. uh, Roan, Fibs. Do you know any of those guys? Or no, uh-uh. It's amazing. Some of the best stuff happening right now in the world is done by the Everfresh guys. I mean, these guys are a crew of the most talented. I, don't even, I mean, they're definitely not graph artists. They're definitely not. I mean, they definitely do a lot of street art stuff. But what I'm, I guess the point I'm trying to make is I went ahead and found somebody over there to cut them for me. I literally sent them an illustrator file. They cut them out of wood. My boys at Everfresh primed them all, passed them out to their friends in Melbourne, Australia. When I I flew with a bunch of stencils, I landed, and for about four or five days, I painted all the collabo masks, and then we did the show. I mean, nice. it was kick-ass, dude. That's a, and you have to kind of figure out things like that for doing shows overseas, right? Like, it's a, it's a whole different 100. monster. It would have been $1,000 to ship them there. but I mean, it would have been just – and that one was on my own. I didn't have Mountain Dew – in Australia helping me out. You know, yeah. that was a whole, like, I mean, I think I got a couple sponsors there, but yeah, dude, it's like, and people don't realize either, like, you know, oh, you got a sponsor, bro. You're like, well, dude, it does, it's, you know, you're no, you're never guaranteed a sale on anything, you know? And it's yeah. like, sometimes you got to have some kind of backing to make fun things and cool things happen. That's why I need to start getting some paid sponsors for this show. Yes, you do. That I've had, I've had a lot of support from local uh, businesses, but I need some people to start forking out some dough. Yeah, I saw you giving out like some Wu Tang tickets or something on one of the, I was listening to one of them. Oh, yeah. Like, words, son. Yeah. That's rad, man. Um, but, uh, you had, you were, we were talking about Keith Haring. You got the Keith Haring shirt on and uh, oh, yeah. Shepherd Ferry, too. I just went and saw the Art in the Streets exhibition. Yeah. How was um, that? It was pretty rad. They had the big uh, Keith Haring painted car. Where did that come from? Like I like I'm a fanboy dude. Like I follow his stuff like crazy. I have never seen that car before. Like, did he come from the grave and paint that? Like, do you think somebody painted it? You know what? I think what happened, somebody painted it from back in the day, and I mean it's in it's in great condition too. It's perfect like, condition. It looks, like freshly painted. I don't I don't know. I mean I would be. Sh I mean. I'm not trying to say anything, but I can reproduce a pretty good Keith Haring. I'm not. I mean I would never. You know. Yeah. Like, but. uh I, that was weird to me. I saw that, and I was totally stoked to see it. I was like, wow, that's a sweet ride. I mean, the only thing I can think of is, you know, he painted it for somebody, some collector, 
and the dude kept in his garage since the 80s. I, or maybe it's Jeffrey Deitch's. I don't know. Like, did it say or did it say anything about whose vehicle that was or where that came from? I just looked at the car. I didn't see any of the uh, any placards around. Like the way it was set up, it was it was right by one of Mister Cartoons, uh, right by his uh, ice cream truck thing or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, dude, yeah. somebody could have easily recreated it. But, again, it could have been one of those things where, like, he, somebody asked him in the 80s to paint their car and they just had it wrapped up in a garage somewhere, some weird car collector, car art collector or something. You know? I mean, see, like, I know, like, one of the last things Keith ever painted before he died was a BMW over in, like, I think he, like, he died, I think, in March of 1990 and he painted this thing in, like, February. of, And it's this bright red like really sport it may be a porsche or something like a real sporty looking uh yeah beamer or something but man like like i've not seen many cars i haven't seen him paint many cars i know he did like a semi once that but like that thing blew me away like it's not i almost would travel out there just to see that piece man like it's uh it's not like uh painted over the top of a car's paint job either it's like there's a white like that white coat and then it's painted over and then it seems like it has like a, like a clear coat you know like or like how a, a painted car looks like that like they, like they planned on him yeah they probably you know primed it put a white hat and paint it and then gave it gave it 30 coats of clear on top of it or whatever yeah yeah so it's yeah. it's a it's a serious thing and they also have um a, a number of his pieces in frames that almost like they look like the old chalkboards those were real. Those were totally. I mean, I think they're all real. Yeah, that's that's the legit. That's the yeah. legit. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen some of those. Some of them I haven't. I mean, I'm I'm a crazy fanboy, dude. Like, I can't even tell you how much. Like, I don't know if you have a favorite artist, but like, I I can look at that dude's stuff all day long. I I mean, it's it's and it, I don't know, man. Like, just something about his work just totally intrigues me, man. Yeah. I don't know what it is, and he just and how he cracked, dude. Like, that dude, like, was seriously, you know, kind of started around 81, and he died in 90. Like, and dude, the guy went from, like, just boom, and produced, like, and that's why when you're, like, when I see a car like that, I'm like, when the hell did that dude have time to paint that? You know, like, that's what blows me away. It's like, that guy just, and it just came out of him, you know, because I'm so planned in everything I create. Like, all my stencils, all my art is so planned out like i i don't really crack much at all you know and that's really a hard thing for me to do and to see someone like keith herring who can just it just falls out of his arm like it's some it, it, i mean i guess it's just what blows me away about the dude you know yeah that's awesome well i i suggest that everybody go check out that show if you're anywhere near los angeles it's pretty it's pretty interesting there's a uh, the street market ep, uh portion was was probably my favorite thing that uh recess Reese Espo and Twist did a um, they did the street market show at Deitch Projects in New York. Right, right, right. I right. guess ninety nine, two thousand something, yeah. maybe around there. And so they did a new one at the museum. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, I remember seeing those those images. Actually, you know what's funny? The Espo did some cathedral window. The cathedral windows that were there. Do you remember those? Do you remember seeing like the cathedral windows? Yeah, or, yeah, like, those the, were there. He did those in St. Louis. Oh yeah, yeah. He had a show here at White Flags Projects. I guess about 
I don't know, two years ago, and those were from that show, which I was like, when I was flipping through the photos, I was like, oh, shit, man. That's, I mean, he totally, you know, he added a lot to the other stuff around it, but those cathedral windows we actually painted here. Yeah, there there was a bunch of stuff. It was cool. They took over, like, the very back corner of the museum where it looked like there's, like, these weird offices and, like, mm. the fucking strangest shit back there. But there I almost want to go out there just for that, though, man. Like, I really... I know I'm, it'd be one of those shows that I'm like, why didn't I go down to see? I mean, I don't travel to see many shows, but that would be one that, like, I think it's up till August, too, isn't it? It's up yeah. for a little Yeah. It's up all summer. Yeah. And I, the Oceamios uh, section is, is pretty fantastic, too. And not in Margaret Kilgallen. Like, I went up there with my buddy who wasn't familiar with her work, and I yeah. stopped and I was like, look at all of this right now because you're not going to see it again in a room filled with this work again. You're not going to see Ever. it. Ever. Ever. So yeah. much stuff, and I'm I'm kind of a fanboy for her. And I, mean, I can see that. I there was a that. bunch of stuff in there that uh, that I had never seen before, like that same type of thing, like little like little paintings that are on the corners of things totally. that to are just yeah. hilarious yeah. and comical and like sincere and interesting. Like her room, her section was really really rad, but the Osiemos. Yemio section they had a, a drum set up and a bass guitar and a guitar that that anyone could play and a little piano what you so, play it yeah anyone who's in the museum oh, coming rad. through could sit down so when i was in there there was kids playing the drums and the piano and i got on the bass and i don't know how to play the bass but i just slapped around like oh, like jerry so seinfeld cool. opening yeah that's great man. <laughs> nice. yeah it was, it was fucking rad and then they, they have a lot of like they fill up the whole wall, so there's a lot of little intricate details that of stuff that's on that you wouldn't see online, you know, because there's so much online available. But without being able to see those little handmade details and the little things, you don't really get a full perspective. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd love to go see it. That's definitely one of those things that I just need to. I mean, I even have a show in LA on Friday night, and I was kind of like, I don't know, a week ago, going, eh, I gotta go, but I actually have to go up to New York on on Sunday, so it's just like eh, eh. You know, coast to coast. Well um let's uh let's I've been plugging your stuff on my Facebook and Twitter's the last couple of days, but let's get your stuff out there for the podcast listeners and the yeah. streamers. What uh your website and maybe your Twitters and Facebooks and all that fun stuff. For sure. Uh you know, my website's Stensoul, like Stensoul, but it's like soul at the end, like S-T-E-N-S-O-U-L.com. And, uh, you know, then that kind of goes along with who I am. Like, you know, like I do a lot of eyes, like my work is kind of eye focused. And I believe like the eye is the window to everyone's soul. Um, and that's kind of how I came up with the, the Stensoul. So yeah, Stensoul.com. It's a little bit out. I mean, it's basically like a glorified blog right now. And then Twitter's, uh, I'm at Stencil on Twitter. And, um, yeah, what else? I'm trying to think. Um, you know, I'm on Vimeo. Um, there's a ton of my videos up on there. I think it's vimeo.com forward slash Stencil. Um, so, yeah, just search Stencil in Google. You'll find a lot of stuff to, to peep out. And, uh, like I said, yeah, I got a show, um, with Ad Hoc, Ad Hoc Gallery uh, on Friday night with um, a bunch of really talented heads. It's kind of uh, a mix of like dream and nightmares. It's kind of like a uh, like uh, I don't know. It's like a Friday the Thirteenth kind of thing. I guess this Friday's Friday the Thirteenth, but uh, 
good mix of like heads that I've worked with over the years and new heads. Um, I think like, uh, do you guys know, do you know who the ad hoc, ad hoc people yeah. are? Yeah. Yeah. The Buxtons, they're phenomenal people. They've connected a lot of dots, but, uh, just a couple heads in the show, like Chor Boogie, Chris Dane, Dabs Mila, Daryl Pierce, um, Garrison Buxton, uh, I think Lady Pink, Michael DeFeo, and then a, a couple of like just up and comers. Um, so it should be a fun show. So if, if you know any listeners are on the LA area, it's at New Puppy Gallery, which is on Elm Street. Uh, it's twenty eight oh eight Elm Street. Um, are you going to dress California. up as Freddy Krueger? I got actually. You kind of got the Freddy Krueger hat pieces. on. I put two pieces in there. Um, I've been doing these like wood cutouts lately, um, kind of along the lines of the the collabo mask, but like multiple layers of wood, kind of like put together, and then like in the eye areas, I've been filling them with like bar tops. So I got two of those pieces, and then uh, two small little pieces in there. So nice. Uh, and then I've actually got a pretty exciting project that I'm working on right now. Um, I'm doing this uh, backboard for the NBA, and they're going to do – there was actually the first show was out in Miami this December. It's called The Art of Basketball. And, you know, had backboards made by, you know, like Cope did one, Christine did one, Joe Arado did one. Uh, but they're kind of fun. They're actual real – nba backboards uh there's they're huge man like these things are like you never even think of a backboard being this massive but like um logan hicks was in town and he actually drove mine down from new york and uh i mean he pulled it out of the minivan and i'm like dude this thing's like i mean it was like a you know i mean it's huge 300 pounds so i've been i i was just painting that today and um they asked me if i'd do a steve nash i'm not really a basketball guy so I'm doing a portrait of Steve Nash with like some eyes behind it. It's going to be called uh, All Eyes on Steve. Um, I'm pretty happy with it. Turned out pretty fresh, you know. Nice. Um, and then I've been helping Logan Hicks get ready for his show at Opera Gallery. He's got a major exhibition there on June 2nd that's going to be ridiculous. I mean, that dude is going to be taking the stencil art form to the next level, and I've been really honored to be able to help him out uh, with the show and um, – you know, get things together for him. It's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be nuts, man. Do you know much about opera gallery at all? Um, I don't, but I did get to see some of the, I saw some aluminum pieces that he, that Logan was working on that are crazy looking. Dude. Ridiculous. I mean, he's taking it to the next level, man. It's just like, I, I don't know how much I can talk about it, but uh, if you saw some stuff online then I'm guessing he's putting it out there, but yeah, he's got, some nutty stuff happening, man. It's going to be a really cool show, man. Right. So. Well, uh, thanks again, my friend, for taking the time to, to shoot the shit with me. I appreciate it. Most death, Mike, and hopefully we'll meet in the flesh one day and we can do a high five or whatever. Man. Yeah, sooner or later. Let's do, um, let's do internet daps. Even though you can't see me, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my knuckles up to the screen. Ooh, what's that? Actually, I'll give you one of these. Yeah, there we Maybe go. <laughs> <Nice>. Yes, <Adam. laughs> Word. Nice. All right, All right brother. brother. It was great chatting, man. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. Peace. All right, thank you.